this one, and I think somebody, um, I think Phil put this on his Facebook page. Uh, what, what is the difference between a hippo and a zippo? One's heavy and the other one's a little lighter. <laughs> All right. That's as good as it gets, okay? So <laughs> with that, you know, I'm, I'm trying. I'm really trying. We're going to talk about spiritual disciplines tonight. And I'm very excited about this subject because it's something I'm really excited about. It's, um, I'm excited because I'm excited. That doesn't make sense. I'm excited because this is something that um, God's just really spoken to me a lot about through the years. So um, first, let's just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. Yeah, God, we just we love you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Come and be our teacher. Be our guide. Uh, Speak through me, God. Just your words, your thoughts. Open our hearts to receive what you have for us so that we might know you and love you more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. So um, how many have been here all eight weeks? That is so cool. That's amazing. This has been so great. Well, for all of you that weren't here every week, I want to really quickly review because it's been so good. Uh, The first week, Van talked about um, how our identity was originally um, seen in Adam and Eve. When he made Adam and Eve, he created them to be in his image. And to be his image bearers, to rule, to reproduce, to fill the earth, and to rule and reign over it. And so that was his plan, and it got spoiled. And so now we um, are new, born, free, royal, everything that Jesus is, we are now. And so we are exactly the representatives to advance the kingdom the way God originally planned it. Van talked about that message. In that message, it was awesome. Wilson brought a wonderful message about um, how we are righteous. We are enough. It was really powerful. And Jen, even though I wasn't here, I listened to it, and it was tremendous about how our change starts from within. So the, the inside changes before the out. So our new identity is is comes out from the Holy Spirit that fills us from within. And then it comes out where it's an external thing. So that was awesome. Cheryl talked about how we are freeborn, adopted sons and daughters, and took us through a great exercise of listening and hearing God. Um, Aaron was um, amazing um, just days before his wedding. Um, talked about how we are royalty we have we um, are chosen race to to rule and be priests, um, and then uh, John talked about the courage that God gives us, and to me it really spoke of the the fruit of the spirit is powerful in us. Um, and then last week Amanda brought the the message that was so right on about how God has. Um, 
given us an identity so that we can live out that reality in, in the way we grow and the way we interact with God through his word. So it was, they're all so great. So today I just really want to focus in on um, just desperately seeking after God um, through some processes, practices that um, are just, you know, there are millions of them. But this is this idea of spiritual disciplines is something that really started with an invitation. And we can see that up on the screen when you look at Matthew 11. So if you have your Bible, this is an amazing verse, couple, three verses to just soak in and meditate on. And I'm just going to read it. I'm going to put my glasses on. And my encouragement is to take this and really meditate on it. Jesus said to his disciples, all the people that were coming after him, he said, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can everybody hear me? Am I speaking loud enough? Louder? Okay, project. So, my question for all of us to think about is how am I going to respond to the invitation that Jesus gives each one of us when he says, Come to me? He knows our state. He knows the weariness that we all experience. Imagine he walked miles and dirt and sandals with no comforts that we have. He knows what it means to want to rest. He says, I will give you rest. He knows where the source is. And every human need is met in Jesus. He says, take my yoke and learn from me. It's really up to us to respond. And he says, I'm gentle and humble at heart. He's so inviting. It's, he's a gentleman. That's what encouraged me so much when I was deciding whether I was going to actually make that choice and accept Jesus and, and cross that line because it's for 21 years I was rejecting him, but I didn't realize it. And then I made that decision to accept him. And he came and brought that rest and peace. So learn to respond to when he's teaching you. When he says, take my yoke and learn of me, it's easy. It's gentle. And he's trustworthy. He's not going to give you more than you can take. And he says that... um, You'll find rest for your souls. So that's repeated rest. That's what we want. We want peace and harmony. Uh, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He knows just what you can take. Well, I love the message um, translation. So just let me read it to you and just close your eyes and listen as I read. This is a uh, like a paraphrase, but I think it's really meaningful. Are you tired? Worn out, 
burned out on religion, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced forced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Okay, God, may that be so. Paul said to follow his example as he followed Christ. That is an amazing thing. Um, that's in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. He was speaking to the Corinthians, but he was saying, I follow Christ. I respond to his invitation. Now follow me. And so we're all called to watch for examples of people that are following Christ and stay close to them. Imitate them. Um, The basics. The basics are to focus on Jesus. He is our example. He's our model. And he was never in a hurry. I have a hard time following that. I like to do everything uh, quickly. Let's get it done. He had, he has all the, um, everything I need, he, he supplies it. And he was always um, loving the community, loving the people that he was with, but he always had purpose. He was always on track because he heard God's voice. He spent time alone with God. He spent many nights after everyone had gone to sleep spending time alone with his father. That's the example that he gives us because depending on his father was really the source of all his, um, everything he needed because his father spoke to him. His father encouraged him. His father gave him truth and courage to take the next step for whatever held the next day. And his father also showed him where his authority lay in the Holy Spirit's filling him. And so he knew that he could go out with confidence because the Holy Spirit was within him. Well, he confronted even temptation, but he did that by the knowledge of the Word of God and so in Matthew 4.4, 4, he said to Satan when he tempted him to turn the stone into bread, he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so he set up the example for us. And I just love that. When you quote scripture that's appropriate, it's part of who you are. It comes with authority and power. Well, I want to show you um, what Paul said about scripture because it's very, I think it's very instructive in 2 Timothy 3.16, if you have your Bibles. We're going to put it up on the screen. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, 
that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. Well, this is, this is giving us a process on how to follow um, scriptures, um, guidance for our lives. And so I want to show you some pictures about the path of life, okay? First, you can't read that tiny thing that says under teaching, but it says what the Bible says. So we're on this path with Jesus, and this teaching that we find in scripture keeps us on that path. It gives us direction, okay? But the verse says it's profitable for reproof. So there's times when we stray off the path, and reproof means it's going to warn us that we're straying, that we're getting off the path. So the scripture is profitable to give us the heads up. And then it comes with correction, how to get back on the path. It's just so practical. And then finally, for training in righteousness. And that's really what spiritual disciplines are, are training us in the righteousness that we have in Christ. So isn't that awesome? It's just a beautiful picture of the walk that we have with Jesus. He always is directing us and speaking to our hearts wherever we are. Well, in um, getting hot up here, <laughs> the um, I think marriage is is one illustration of what how you can apply this because Scripture tells us what marriage looks like. It's it's a union of a man and woman for life, committed to each other. So that's the teaching. Okay. The reproof part comes when maybe you're starting to make a a closer friend at work or you're spending more time away from your spouse and confiding in others. Well, that's going to be a reproof that says, hey, you're, you're, you're having a divided heart now. Your best friend is your, is your spouse. So that's a, a reproof. And then for marriage, when we, when we get off that path, we need to be corrected. And so, hey, spend more time. Be faithful. Um, listen and, and really hear your, your spouse's heart. So scripture directs us back on the path. And then training in righteousness is... All the, all the hints about how to, to develop a healthy marriage. And that just takes work and time and faithfulness and, and a lot of forgiveness, as I've learned over the years. Not that it's just me forgive. Van forgives me, too. So it's both ways. It's both ways. But I think that's one of the keys to a healthy marriage. And, and Scripture tells us, well, I have to tell you how Van and I developed our relationship. And I think it's kind of a parallel. Um, maybe you'll see why. When we first met, we decided to keep in touch because we met at a conference up at St. Mary's Lake, Ohio, back in 1975. And... Um, we were both single, yeah. Anyway, he had some friends. He had some friends that invited him to go with him to this conference, and I was like desperate for fellowship, so I just went. And um, I was working in Batavia at the hospital there, and I just oh, got to get away for the weekend. So we met, 
And that's another story. I'm just going to tell you that we decided to write letters. And so we started writing letters, and we just opened up our hearts. We just revealed everything that was on our minds, our hearts. It was it was like, you know, what's the worst that could happen, you know? I don't know who... I don't even remember what this guy looks like, but uh, somebody I can talk to. <laughs> it's like I don't have as good a memory as he does. So anyway, we... We just um, spent time writing letters. That's when you get a piece of paper out and yeah, put a stamp on it, and you don't know when they're going to actually get it. So after a while, we started calling on the phone, but that got too expensive because those were the days when you paid for long distance. He was living up in Cuyahoga Falls, Akron area, and I was here in living in Massonville. So that was what really drew us together was that communication, that heart sharing. And when I came to know the Lord, I had a beautiful woman that led me to the Lord that listened to me. She shared her life. She shared scripture like it was just part of her very being. Everything made sense to me. But she loved me to Jesus. She was like a mother to me. And I had, you know, I I was needy. I told her I just didn't know what to do. I found that I just had kind of wrecked my life. And I was was desperate for um, somebody to listen to me and help me figure life out. Well, the cool thing is, is that's what God's word is. It's our love letter from God's heart to you. And it's worth, you know, every everything you can do to go after God's word. So what I'm saying is that's the um, the key. And um, I just wanted to throw up a, a a verse where Paul is reminding the Corinthians how important it is to be diligent and to be intentional about this race that we're on. Because the the Christian walk is can turn into a race. It can turn into um, a, something that is easy to get off track if you don't stay the course. And so, First Corinthians nine, Paul um, says to the Corinthians, "Do you not know that those who run a race all run, but only one receives the prize?" Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. This is um, is just I, I I I don't want this to be real heavy, like you've got to to train, 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 train. But it's essential that we are intentional about our relationship with Jesus, and if we don't take steps of what's the next thing that he's calling me to, then we're not going to get the prize. And the prize is just, well done, the 
the faithful servant. You know, it's like I want to enter the joy of my master. And um, when John talked about the fruit of the Spirit, I thought, well, you know what? That fruit of the Spirit of faithfulness and self-control are things that push us on in our relationship with Jesus. So it's so it's so important. But Van brought the message last Sunday about how that DNA, that new, that identity that we have that I don't want to forget about is vibrating inside of me and, and responding to the Holy Spirit speaking to me through Scripture. And so when I hear the word and it goes, oh, yeah, I need that. Yes, I say yes to what God's saying. Then I am singing just like a bird is singing. It's like this is true and I need to pursue God with whatever he's saying to me. Does that make sense? Yeah. The... um, so I, I just want to encourage you to cultivate that yes to God when he invites you into relationship. Recognize that Jesus has this army of angels and he is the portal to bring heaven to earth. And he's right inside you and me. And all we have to do is open the door. Jesus is right there and we just invite him to come in Yes, I am free, born, adopted, royalty. I have authority, and heaven breaks in. And it doesn't matter what what we're doing. It can be singing or dancing, or it can be reading, or um, serving your your neighbor, um, spending time alone. Heaven rushes in when we say yes to the Holy Spirit's presence. So, it sometimes can take a sacrifice, it takes a focused attention, and um, an exercise, you know? We just, we, um, exercise is like practice, that makes sense? Um, I love Jesus speaking to his disciples in John ten twenty seven when he said, my sheep listen to my voice or hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Every one of us in this room can hear God's voice. And tuning into that, all it takes is saying, speak, Lord, and I will listen. It's really, really simple to sit in his presence and wait. And sometimes it takes time. In fact, it's really a good thing just to go off alone and take time listening for his voice. You can read your scriptures every day, and that's awesome, and I love reading, but I love just sitting in his presence saying, what are you saying to me right now? Now, um, this verse in Psalm 62, I think, is, is so amazing because... Everything in this world is going to disappoint us. Everything is going to let us down. People, situations, circumstances, as we've seen, that we don't um, focus on the circumstances but on truth. We've talked about that over and over. Well, the psalmist said, My soul, wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. My stronghold, 
I shall not be shaken. Don't you love that? So it's just, that's scripture. We're singing, we're worshiping with scripture. And it's so cool. So, Paul, writing to the Philippians, says something that's really key. And it's encouraged me through the years. And I just love sharing this verse when someone says that, I just can't do it. That's so hard. I don't even want to. Well, Paul said in Philippians 2, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. You see, he has put that desire in us. He's put it the will and the ability to follow him, to call on the identity that we have in Christ and say, I'm going to ask God, give me the heart. Give me your desires. Give me the will to do what you're calling me to do. All we have to do is ask. Another good Another good prayer is, God, what's wrong with me? He always answers that one, too. (laughs) He always answers that. You just wait. Oh, okay, got it. That's that reproof thing going on. But he always answers that prayer when we say, I know I should do this, but I don't feel like it. Say, God, change my heart. Change my desires. Give me your heart. And he does that when we just submit and we say, I I want you to do that because he's living inside us. It's that Holy Spirit working so we can trust him in his word. And the cool thing is that's what he made us for is to respond to him. And so it's not by, you know, it's not like, oh, well, I'm going to I'm going to help them. It's like, this is what you're made to do. So I'm going to get you in a good place if you're only willing and you cry out for help. Well, this next verse I just love because it really describes that. My my greatest desire, if I'm just, my expectation is God alone, then I just pant after him like a deer pants for the water brooks. My soul pants for you. And that's really what we're expressing when we're worshiping God. We're saying, I want you, God, more than anything. And so, these, you know, however we express that to God, you know, however we practice that, he always answers that. And he always has heaven available to come to earth. I just, don't you just love that portal? That Jesus is the door and heaven is on its way. All we have to do is open the door. So my admonition is don't wait for desperate times. Don't wait till it's, you know, everything is kind of crashing in. But pursue him now so that you are in a, a restful place when the stuff happens. And you can say, well, I'm just going to call on heaven I'm just going to open the door of heaven and let God take care of that. And that's, that's the way God wants us to live. It's just totally dependent on him. Because Jesus is enough. 
Remember? Jesus is righteous, and he's made me righteous, and he's made me enough. So obviously the battleground is is in the mind. And when we just, let's be honest, we all have times when we get discouraged and we say, I can't do it, I'm not feeling it, I don't like to do what God's telling me to do. Um, I just, I'm just not even good at reading or studying or memorizing or meditating. I'm, I'm not good at singing or serving. Um, and a lot of times we just say, well, I'm too busy. And of course, you know what that means. That just means I'm more important than whatever thing else is going on when you say you're too busy. So we always make time for ourselves, don't we? But praise the Lord. God gives us the fruit of the Spirit, self-control that says, okay, I know my identity and I can refuse these lies. And I just wanted to throw up a picture of our son-in-law, Zach, and our daughter, Emily. There she is. She, they live in Albuquerque, so you guys don't see her very often. But uh, we were talking to Zach uh, this weekend and we said, what's that? We, we do FaceTime. And so we said, what's that guitar in the, you know, back behind you? And he said, well, I'm practicing the guitar. I want to learn how to play it. And I practice it every day, just a little bit. Went, That's awesome. You know, and he's, he's set a goal, and now he's working it. So, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> But I just, I, you know, it's just a practical example. Let's just, you know, go after the things that God's put before us. Because that's where transformation happens. So, the, um, the verse that, that Amanda shared with us last weekend, or last Wednesday, I thought was so good. I wanted to bring that back to you. And that's um, 2 Corinthians. I'm going to take a drink. Yeah. It's 2 Corinthians 10 if you want to find it in your Bible. Because resistance is a reality. And there's an internal or an external forces that are causing us to resist. And we're just have to realize that this is a spiritual battle. Okay? For we walk, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. And Amanda made these three points she said, let's align our thoughts with God's, knowing my identity, guard my thought life, focus on the truth. And you can ask the Holy Spirit to make you sensitive. Holy Spirit, help me to be sensitive to what you're saying to me. So that's guarding our hearts and our thoughts. And then the third thing is replace any thought that is not glistening with hope with the truth. Okay, so I love Wilson. He says, just laugh at the lies. And he said, laughter is a discipline. And I, you know what? I need to practice that. I need to work at that one. It's, he's, I'm just learning so much. 
So, uh, just to get real practical, what is your bent? What is it that you just kind of gravitate towards? Um, is it reading? Is it studying? Is it serving? Is it, um, yeah, um, spending time alone or in community? There are so many ways to practice um, spiritual disciplines. This, this book right here lists about 70 different disciplines. It's called Spiritual Disciplines Handbook. If you want to learn more, there's, this is a great one because it gives you exercises and hints, and it's real easy, but it's, you know, amazing. Somebody took time to figure out all the different ways. I think laughter is something that she didn't mention. But one thing she did mention was unplugging, which is totally contemporary. We need to unplug, right? And, um, you know, talk to each other. Um, I think there are disciplines that we participate in with other people, especially as a family. It's a great, great way to, you know, really be together and unite and train your kids to, to practice disciplines together and then in small groups and in community. But um, a lot of times they are just, you know, by yourself. So I encourage you to just stretch yourselves and then monitor how you're doing and know that habits take time. And, um, yeah, I've got a slide up here, different disciplines. I kind of like um, figuring them out without using here's another good book The Spirit of Disciplines by uh, Dallas Willard um, there's the tri- yeah there are lots of different ways you can look at it but I like looking at it from the core values here at the vineyard because these are our corporate values but I think they apply to each one of us individually so uh, if you're in uh, practicing God's supernatural presence then I mentioned laughter and unplugging but creative expression, of course, just sitting quietly by yourself, taking a day away, a retreat. That's something that I really love and um, want to make more uh, time in my life. I've, I've, I know God wants me to do that once a month, and it kind of ends up once or twice a year. But I'll tell you what, they're the most special times, and when I plan it, I do it. So I'll go alone. I'll usually just take a, a jug of juice so I'm not planning on eating. And I will, um, I will just take my journal and my Bible, and then I'll read through notes. I'll read my scripture. I'm reading through the Bible every year, which I, I adore reading the whole Bible every year. If you haven't done it just once, do it. The context of, I mean, it's just so rich. Um, I will sleep. I will sing, I will walk, I will pray, I will make lists just so I don't think about the stuff I need to do. And then I'll make prayer lists, I'll pray for, you know, anything that comes to my mind. It's just like freedom. I don't have to talk to anybody, which is not hard for me. But some people, that might be a stretch. But I just, I love times of solitude and silence. And so that's just one of my favorite. Um, Back to the slide. Mercy base is our, our core value. And like you practice hospitality, 
you practice prayer ministry, anything where you're ministering, um, you know, listening and coaching and mentoring. Those are there's just so many ways that we can extend mercy to each other and then be outwardly focused. Oh, my goodness. We know there's so many ways that we can reach out beyond the walls of this, the church. We can pray uh, for family, for missionaries. We can intercede for um, situations we know about. We can go out and share Christ. We can share words of knowledge and pray for the, the sick. There's just so many ways. Um, so if you want to explore more, I made a little uh, kind of a... A sheet that just has a million different ways you can, in your groups, you can talk about them. If you need something to talk about, everybody got a copy of all these different ways you can practice spiritual disciplines. But I want to warn you, there are some mistakes that you can make when you're practicing that pursuing God's presence and pursuing His face. First of first mistake is you can kind of overcommit and you can go... You can start and stop and start and stop. So really encourage you to make some, you know, a reality, um, a realistic goals, and then just get in the rhythm. Commit to like 30 days, you know, just stick with it. Um, second thing, you might be just paralyzed. You just can't do it because you're fearful you're going to fail or you're going to mess up. Um, people are going to say something to you, and you just... That's where you just say, that's not who I am. I'm not a failure. I'm enough. My identity is true. And um, third thing is trying to do too much at once. Just take baby steps. That's just, you know, the next step is always the best. And then uh, something you might not have thought of is that you want other people around you to do what you're doing. And that's kind of a temptation for some personalities, maybe not all. But I think that the um, best way is, um, yeah, just to lead yourself. <laughs> you know, we can't control anybody. You guys know that. So you just have to, you just have to really, um, yeah, just lead yourself. That's the best thing to do. So I wanted to share something with you when I was... Um, I can't remember if this is a dream or a picture that I got today. But um, maybe this would minister to someone that is struggling with this whole idea of um, practicing, you know, stuff. That um, it sounds like a, a requirement or a competition or a duty. And it's, it's really not. It's really the invitation that God's giving you to come and be with him. And the picture I got was this little bee kind of buzz around. And, and then all of a sudden there was a swarm of bees. And they were just swarming around. And I was reminded of the armor that God has given us to put on. And that helmet of salvation is kind of like a beekeeper's, you know, hood. And you put that on and it doesn't matter who's swarming around you. You know, they can't get at you. Well, our identity is that helmet of salvation. And that will protect your mind from those fears, those irrational, um, you know, pests that want to come. And you just flick them and say, that's a lie. I don't believe it. God's calling me to himself. I'm not going to resist him. I want him. So, 
I think that's all I have. I just want to remind you to talk in your groups about some questions that um, your leaders have lots of questions. But think about this before you get up. Um, What new experience or practice? Maybe I haven't even said it, but you're just you thought of it. I want to try this and um, just write it down. You know, that's the Holy Spirit calling you to try some a new way to connect with him. And then the other thing is, who can I tell that this is something I want to try? Because, you know, we really do follow through with, with the things that we tell other people about. That helps us. And it also encourages other people when we tell them what God's teaching us. So those are the two things I'd encourage you to do. And um, if you haven't written down something that you heard tonight or God's spoken to you, then you might want to write that down. So um, just a reminder, you all got these last week. If you didn't, there's more copies down here. These are just lots of verses that you can read in your Bible about your identity. And that's what we've been talking about all eight weeks. And so I don't want you to miss out on this um, great way to have your devotions or time alone with God. Just take, start at five minutes and just read scripture and pray about what you read and go on with your day and see how God's speaking to you and you'll want more. Okay? So I'm going to pray and uh, thanks for listening. God, I do just uh, thank you for the, who you've made us to be. Um, your, um, your children that are, are made to bring in the kingdom, bring heaven to earth. And we just want to be used by you. We just want to be um, the door that opens that um, to the world so they might know you. So just take us out of ourselves and, and send us out to bring your kingdom, bring your love. And um, with all the all the tools and, and um, desires and um, ways that your spirit's working in our lives. We just thank you. We thank you for your presence right now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you, Lori. Um, all right, so we, we're going to go to our group time now. Let's be back here at 10 after, and then we'll have some time to share and then some time to worship as well, okay? Um, on your way out, sign up for HOTS back there, okay? Just make that a spiritual discipline in your life, okay?